This is Women in Revival podcast. Today, we are starting a new series called Portrait History Through Motherhood. Our topic for today is Tama, the mother of Paris. In this series, Deborah will be taking us through the five different women in, mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus. These women were the only women mentioned. Now for the patriarchal system of the Jews in those days, men were the ones who were mentioned because they were the ones who kept the family name. So when a woman is mentioned, take note. It means something very, very important. These women didn't do amazing, great, crazy things like saving a city from destruction or parting the Red Sea, but through the simple act of being a mother, they changed that genealogy. Today, as we look at Tama, we will see how this woman went from a discarded wife to the mother of one of the ancestors of our Lord Jesus Christ. Deborah Shinobi will now take us further on this subject. Father God, thank you for this series that you've brought us into again. And it is my prayer that you will speak into our various hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. You are welcome again to the Women in Revival podcast. And as we start this new series, it is my prayer again that the Lord will impact your heart. Um, for the couple of series now, we've been looking at parenting, isn't it? We've been looking at motherhood. I felt there is a need for us to delve into the matter of raising our children. So again, even in this series, we shall also be discussing the matter of motherhood, but just in a little different format. I just want to challenge you in this series to see motherhood as a mission, to see motherhood as a purpose, to see motherhood as something that can be used to push forth the kingdom of God. So we are considering this series altering history through motherhood. My intention in this series is to just look at five women whose lives, whose motherhood altered even history. And we'll be looking at Tama, the mother of Perez, Rahab, the mother of Boaz, Ruth, the mother of Obed, Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ. We won't be delving into them deep, deep, deep. I'm just going to touch surfaces and then we can go on. You take your time and look at the lives of these women. And I'm praying that as you do so, the Lord will speak to you for that. So these women, these five women altered even history. They became relevant even in the genealogy of Jesus Christ as their names were mentioned in the midst of men. You know, if you read the genealogy, it's been men, 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 and these women came in between. What an history. Through motherhood, these women entered Evans' book of record. There were 52 generations. By the time I read Matthew 1, you will see that there were 52 generations before the birth of Jesus. So you take your time and go through Matthew chapter 1 and you will see what I'm saying. There were 52 generations before Jesus was given birth to. And in between these 52 generations, before Jesus emerged as human on earth, the names of these five women came. And I am praying that the Lord will speak to us. Tamar, Rahab, and Ruth fell within the first 14 generation, 
and Bathsheba fell into the second 14th generation, while Mary fell into the last and third 14th generations. So today I want us to look at Tamar, the mother of Perez. In Genesis chapter 38, you will come across the story of Tamar. I'm not going to delve much into it. She was the daughter-in-law of Judah, whose husband Ah died because he was wicked in the sight of the Lord. And his brother-in-law was to marry him in order to raise a son in the name of the, to raise a seed in the name of the dead husband. And how even Onan also was also wicked even in the sight of God and how the Lord slaughtered him. And eventually Judah asked Tamar to go back to his parents' house for widowhood that when his son Sheila has grown, he will give him to her in marriage. Time went by, but Judah didn't fulfill his promise. And after the death of Judah's wife, Tamar heard that Judah was going down for the sharing of sheep. So Tamar dressed up as a prostitute and Judah had a one night stand with her. And through that one night stand, Tamar conceived and the conception was twins. So I want us to now meet Tamar from Genesis chapter 38, probably from verse 27 to 30. And it came to pass in the time of her travail that behold, twins were in her womb. And it came to pass when she travailed that the one put out his hand and the midwife took and bound upon his hand a scarlet thread, saying, This came out first. And it came to pass as he drew back his hand that behold, his brother came out and she said, How has thou broken forth? This breach be upon thee. Therefore his name was called Pharez. And afterward, came out his brother that had the scarlet thread upon his hand and his name was called Zera. So I just went into this just to let you see the conception and probably the fact that Tamar gave birth to twins, even Pharez and Zara. Now, Tamar was a woman that you would have thought that having acted like that in deception to allow her father-in-law to sleep with her and conceive, you would have thought that she was a write-off. But God, who redeems our foolishness, indeed reached out to Tamar. And by the time we will meet Perez, even in Matthew chapter 1, as we see the story of the generation of the Lord Jesus, and I want us to go to Matthew chapter 1, and I will read verse 1, and probably verse 3, Yes, I'll read verse 1 and verse 2, and it says, The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So, Matthew chapter 1 opened to us the generation of Jesus. And we are told now that Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, and it tells you, verse 2, Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren, verse 3, and Judas begat Pharez and Zara of Tamar, and Phares begat Esrom, and Esrom begat Aram. So we are meeting Tamar, that woman who kind of disguised, uh, slept with her father-in-law and conceived, 
and that baby you maybe you could have called that incest isn't it god pardoned her and i don't know what tama did with this son fares but whatsoever she did uh raising fares did such a great work to include fares even in the genealogy of our lord jesus christ in the book of isaiah 53 the bible tells us that who shall proclaim his generation i see that god wants to proclaim the generation of his son jesus through my motherhood it doesn't matter what my background is it doesn't matter what my past was what matters is that i am now in christ jesus God is able to redeem our past, to redeem our foolishness, and we need to yield our motherhood into his hands. Just as God found Tamar, and God used the conception of Tamar to bring forth a pharaoh that was found in the genealogy, in the lineage of the Lord Jesus. The same way God wants to use that child of yours. The same way God wants your motherhood to bring him glory. God wants your motherhood to be part of his task force in raising sons, in raising daughters that will be part of Jesus' generation, even in their generation. And it is my prayer that motherhood for you will indeed be with mission. It will be with vision. It will be with focus. You will set the goal. You will set the agenda. If God can make use of Tema and that through her motherhood, the Lord Jesus came through. Tema is one of the great, 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 great grandmother of our Lord Jesus Christ. And how many things God still wants to do in our time, in our days. And God wants to involve that baby in your womb. God wants to involve your next pregnancy god wants to involve that child that you are raising in your home i'm praying that you will see beyond a tiny baby you will see beyond fetus you will understand the mind of god and allow your motherhood to utter history god wants to rewrite the record in our world god wants to set the record straight god wants to raise up children who will be standard of morality standard of modesty standard of godliness standard of righteousness in our world in their schools in their children's club even in our churches and god wants to employ your motherhood to bring forth for himself children who will indeed utter the world history and I'm praying that your motherhood and my mother will be used by God to utter history. Amen. This is Women in Revival Podcast. Yesterday, we started a new series called Altering History Through Motherhood. Our topic for today is Rahab, the mother of Boaz. In this series, Deborah is dealing with us about how motherhood can change the world. There have been many great mothers. In our world, we are told to go to work. And I'm not saying don't go to work. But we are told that one of our greatest gifts, if not the most powerful gift, a woman has is nothing. We are told that bearing children is nothing. We are told to abort a child if it's not wanted. But these five women 
change the world, not through going to work, not through their businesses, not through even helping people. They change the world through their womb. Today, we will discuss the story of Rahab, the prostitute who became the mother of Boaz, the grandmother of Obed, and the great-great-grandmother of King David. Deborah Shinobi will now take us further on this subject. Thank you, Father God, again for the continuity of this series. Thank you for bringing us to episode two. And it is my prayer that you may encourage our hearts as mothers to see that you have need of our motherhood. In Jesus' name, Amen. So I want to welcome you back to this series of Women in Revival podcast. We are still on the series Altering History Through Motherhood. And if you have missed any episode, go back to our website www.oakofrighteousness.co.uk. Last time on Women in Revival podcast, we looked at Tema as we are considering women who altered history, who God used their life to alter history through their motherhood. We saw that the least of the people involved in the genealogy of Jesus Christ were men. But in the midst of these men, God positioned five women. They found grace. The number five means grace. These women found grace, even in the midst of their generation, to be part of women who will make history. So they made history. They entered into the record of what God was doing, even in their days. Tamar was the first woman to come in between the names of men in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. She did not settle into her past, neither did she allow her past to inform how she raised her children. No. And the same challenge I'm throwing to you, don't let the raising of your children be a replica of your past mistakes. God redeems our mistakes. He can take up our mistake and make it a message to those who will come across our lives. So today we want to look at Rahab, the mother of Boaz. Rahab, the mother of Boaz, became one of the women that altered history through motherhood. You can't speak of the earthly coming of our Lord Jesus Christ without mentioning Tema, without mentioning Rahab and the remaining women. So today, let us focus our heart on the person of Rahab. If you go through Joshua chapter 2, you come across Rahab when the children of Israel went to Jericho to go and spy the land to get every necessary information needed for their mobilization into the land of Jericho. So while they entered, they entered into the house of Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute. The Bible says she kept an inn. So they came into her house and she rescued them and she had conversations with them, telling them that they are fearful in their land because they've heard so much about what God did to the Israelites. So eventually she asked for a token, a true token. She was given one and she was asked to hang it even on her window, which she did, and bring her in, her families, her mother, her father, and the likes. And Rahab did accordingly. And then in chapter 6, when the children of Israel finally came to destroy Jericho, they saw the scarlet thread that Rahab hung on her window and Rahab wasn't destroyed. She was saved. 
she was saved and I believed afterwards Rahab abandoned the lifestyle that she was living then. She stopped prostituting and settled down in God and then found a man to marry her who was Salmon. And not knowing what God was going to do with our motherhood. Whether Rahab have many other children other than Boaz, I don't know. But one thing that we know was that her conception and her giving birth to Boaz contributed into the plan, into the will and in the purpose, and into the purpose of God for our time and even for generations to come. Rahab was one of those 56 generations prior even to the coming of the Lord Jesus. And Rahab, who was in the first generation, allowed our motherhood to be part of God making history. So let us now read the book of Matthew chapter 1. I'll read verse 1 to 2 and then verse 5. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. And if you read, it goes on and on, on and on, mentioning the various men that were part of the genealogy of the Lord Jesus. And then in verse 5 now, the Bible says, And Salmon begat booze of Rahab. Are you seeing? Salmon gave birth to Boaz through Rahab. So that tells you that Rahab, a once in the past prostitute, became a woman that was transformed from the inside, that affected her outside. She had a new perspective. She saw she was a new creation and she settled down in God and settled in the midst of the people of God. And she married a believer. She didn't get into unequal yoking. No, she married an Israelite and she gave birth to Boaz. Little did she know that her conception and her bringing forth of Boaz is a contribution into the heavenly record. It's a contribution into the sojourning of our Lord Jesus Christ to planet Earth. God needed vehicles that he will take until we get to Mary and then comfort in true human and be born for us. And God found Rahab's motherhood. Again, I'm throwing this challenge at you. Do you know God desire your mother to be a vehicle to proclaim him? Do you know that God wants to alter history? Do you know God wants to do amazing things even through your children, through your motherhood? What is your vision of motherhood? How do you see the privilege to conceive, the privilege to carry a baby to town, and the privilege to deliver a baby and raising that child even in your hands? How do you see that privilege? Do you see that child as a child that could be used of God to break record, to utter history? God used Rahab's motherhood to raise for himself a Boaz who fitted into the genealogy of the Lord Jesus. God still wants to do amazing things even in our time and in our days. And God is seeking for mothers who will partner with him and raise their children in accordance to the pattern and the purpose of God for their time and for their generation. So that in a couple of years to come, we will be looking at their record and we will see that yes, God used their motherhood to alter history. God used their motherhood to display himself. God used their motherhood 
to show forth his glory all over the world. We've read the story of many mothers in the past. We ran a series in the past as we looked at various women, you know, um, whose lives were used of God and of the devil also. And, you know, a woman like Susanna Wesley was a mother, a woman not in the biblical days. And God used this woman in England to raise for him even a John Wesley and a Charles Wesley. God is still waiting upon the womb of the woman to bring forth for him sons and daughters through whom he will break record, through whom he will set the record straight, through whom he will once make history across the world. And I'm praying that you will be more focused, even in your parenting role, in your mothering role, to your son, to your daughter. Don't just see that child as just a child. If God opens your eyes to see the future, he has a plan for that child. Maybe you will agree with God to make use of you in order to prepare that child to fit into his plan for his generation. Amen. is Women in Revival podcast. Two days ago, we started a new series called Altering History Through Motherhood. Our topic for today is Ruth, the mother of Obed. Today, we will be seeing the woman Ruth, a woman who shouldn't have been in the lineage of Jesus, a woman who was not even an Israelite, a woman who was a widow, an outcast in her society, yet a woman who became the grandmother of David and one of the great-grandmothers of our Lord Jesus Christ. Deborah Shinobi will now take us further on this remarkable woman. Thank you once again for the continuity of this series, All Train History Through Motherhood. I am praying, Lord, that you will share your thoughts with us again. In Jesus' name, Amen. So you are welcome back to episode number three, of altering history through motherhood and it is my prayer that the lord will give you his vision for motherhood motherhood is a privilege motherhood can be used to further even the purpose of god for our time we have been looking at various women particularly five of them and we've considered two of them Tema, the mother of perez rahab the mother of boaz um, whom God found and put them in between several men who were in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus. These women broke record and God still wants to write history through your life and through my life and particularly through our motherhood. If you have missed any episode, do go back to our website www.okofrighteousness.co.uk and if you need to contact us, do go on our contact us page or chat us, WhatsApp us, call us, whatever, on plus four four seven nine four four three nine eight four one five. So today we want to move on as we look at Ruth, the mother of Obed. Rahab, the mother of Boaz last time, who was prostitute, but the Lord cleansed her and in turn God used her to raise a godly child. 
If not that Boaz was a godly man, imagine a man who had a woman in his house all by himself in the middle of the night. Imagine he could have molested the woman, he could have done anything to the woman. But no, Boaz was a man of dignity, he was a man of integrity. And I believe that was a contribution of Rahab into his life. So today we want to look at Ruth, the mother of Obed. And again, if you read the book of Ruth chapter 1 and chapter 4, actually the whole of the book of Ruth, you will come across the story of Ruth. In chapter 1, we are introduced to her. She was a Moabitess. She got married to one of the sons of Naomi. At that time, Naomi migrated from Israel to Bethlehem, Judah, to Moab. So Moabites were idolaters. So Ruth, an idolater, married even Malon, an Israelite. But as the marriage went by, Ruth became a widow. And eventually, Naomi returned back to Bethlehem, Judah, and Ruth went with Naomi. And there in Bethlehem, Judah, Naomi told Ruth that she needs to find rest for Ruth and gave her instruction to go to Boaz, you know, all of those. And you go back and read the book of Ruth and how eventually Boaz undertook for Ruth and he indeed became even the husband of Ruth. So having married Ruth, then we read in Ruth chapter 4, I think I will read it from verse 12 and i will jump from there verse 12 says and let thy house be like the house of phares whom tamer bear unto judah of the seed which the lord shall give thee of this young woman so are you seeing the people were praying for boaz praying for the marriage of boaz to ruth they were speaking concerning phares and indeed that prayer became true so now in verse 13 so boaz took ruth and she was his wife and when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception and she bare a son. Are you seeing? So Ruth gave birth to a son eventually. And Naomi helped her nurse this baby and all of those. And if you now go down to Ruth chapter 4, that same chapter 4, and from verse 18, let's read. It says, Now these are the generations of Pharez. Pharez begat Ezron. And Ezron begat Ram, and Ram begat Aminadab, and Aminadab begat Nashon, and Nashon begat Salmon, and Salmon begat Boaz, and Boaz begat Obed. And Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David. So what do I want to bring out from here? There are many names mentioned here. And we are going to go to Matthew chapter 1 and see the names that are mentioned. And we are particularly looking at the name of Ruth. So let's go to Matthew chapter 1 verse 1 and 2 and then verse 5. And it says, verse 1 and 2 says, The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. And Salmon, verse 5, now begat Boaz of Rahab, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jezebel. We are just settling on the fact that Boaz gave birth to Obed through Ruth. 
are you saying? In verse 1 of this Matthew 1, we saw that Matthew chapter 1 is telling us that this writing is about the generation of Jesus Christ. And within this generation are generations of people who had a part, who had a, play, um, a role to play in the bringing forth of the Lord Jesus to planet Earth. God has written a script and there were people he had put in place to play a part or another in this script that he has written. And as he get to each generation, he kept looking for people, both male and female. And the massive amount of people that played in this script were men. And in the midst of this patriarch, we found five matriarchs that God used to alter history. God hid their name. God pushed their name into the midst of the company of men so that God can bring about his plan and his purpose. So in verse 5, we are told that Boaz gave birth to Ruth. Is that not amazing? A Moabitess. Actually, do you know Ruth and Opa? They were sister-in-laws. They both married the sons of Naomi. One married Malon, one married Chilion. The upper went back. Ruth persisted. Ruth left her idolatry lifestyle. She did not raise her son Obed in line with her past idolatry lifestyle. And if you are going to be a mother who will alter history, you must raise your child according to God's principle. And God's principle is found in the word of God. So Obed was raised by Ruth in accordance to the tradition and to the lifestyle and to the commandment of the God of Israel. And if you also is going to contribute a son, a daughter to the purpose of God for this end time, you must know that that child that you are raising must be raised according to God's principle, according to God's standard, according to the word of God. If God found for himself the womb of roots, if God found the motherhood of roots as a vehicle to bring forth even the gospel story to our world, God is still writing a script and God is declaring a vacancy for mothers to come and apply, to come and be part of women, of people who will allow their motherhood to bring forth the plan of God, to bring forth the purpose of God in their time. Some of us have children in sports. Some of us have children in academics. Some of us have children in various ways. And God is seeking for opportunity to promote himself, to showcase himself, to glorify himself in the world of sport, in the world of music, in the world of academics. Just name it. And God wants your motherhood to contribute even to this. I believe it is high time that for us Christians, we need to think beyond church building. We need to begin to ask God, how can I prepare this daughter? How can I prepare this son to be God's ambassador to our school, to his school? How do I prepare this child of mine to be God's ambassador into the children's club that she goes to? How can this child be an emblem of light in the way she talks, in the way she dresses, in her behavior, in her morals to those who comes across her? As God begins to find mothers 
who are God conscious, who are raising their children, not to display the world. You know, a situation where you take a picture of your children or your their videos and you are displaying unnecessary things, honestly, about these children on Facebook, on WhatsApp. God says, no, that is not why I gave you these children. I want to write my story through that son of yours, through that daughter of yours, just as I did through the son of Ruth, Obed. I am writing my story again. Will you come and apply? Will you allow me to employ you, to use you as part of women whose motherhood will once again utter history? And I am praying that you will yield your motherhood into God's hands and see your motherhood as a vehicle for Christ to take his place in our world. Women in Revival podcast. Three days ago, we started a new series called Altering History Through Motherhood. We are looking at the five women in Jesus's genealogy, and today we will be looking at Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon. This woman's story is a challenge to us all. She committed adultery and became the reason why her husband was murdered. And yet, through that all, she found forgiveness in the hands of God and she became the mother of the wisest man who has ever walked this earth obviously apart from our Lord Jesus Christ Deborah Shnabi will now take us further on the woman Bathsheba Father God thank you once again for this series of Women in Revival podcast I'm praying again that you will share your thoughts with us in Jesus name Amen so I want to welcome you back so this Women in Revival podcast series, we are still looking at altering history through motherhood. God wants to use your motherhood as a means to glorify himself. And I'm praying that indeed you will yield your motherhood even into the hands of God. So today we want to go and look at another mother. We have been looking at various mothers specifically five of them in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus in Matthew chapter 1. We have seen Tamar, we have seen Rahab, and we saw Ruth the last time, who did not raise a son from an idolatry background. Instead, she settled deeply into God and allowed her newfound faith to inform the way she raised her son. So today we are going to go on as we look at the fourth woman in the genealogy of our Lord Jesus Christ. I have dealt with Rahab, Tamar, Ruth, who were part of the first 14 generations. And now we want to look at another woman who fell into the second 14 generations. And that is the woman Bathsheba. Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon. The story of Bathsheba is found in the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 11. Bathsheba was the wife of Uriah, one of the soldiers of David, King David. And there was an afternoon when she was having a bath. Um, I think after administration, she was having a bath and David saw him from on top of the roof and asked 
them to go and get her for him and he slept with her and the woman conceived you know just like Tamar one night stand became a child and she gave birth to that child but God wasn't happy with what David did because David eventually killed the husband of Bathsheba anyway that's another story eventually Bathsheba had another child and this time Solomon so we want to go and look at the person of Bathsheba even in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus. If you read 1 Kings chapter 1, when the king was about to leave the earth and he was stricken in years and he couldn't get heat and the likes anyway, and how even the son of the sons of David usurped authority, Adonijah, and took over the throne, and how Nathan stepped in, and Nathan found Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, at a time when the throne would have slipped out of the hands of the son of Bathsheba. God found a Nathan who engaged Bathsheba, and Bathsheba was able to go in before the king and interceded for his son. And in doing this, Bathsheba did not know that God was recruiting her into the genealogy of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want us again to go to the book of Matthew chapter 1 that we have been reading. And this time we read verse 1 to 2 and then verse 6. Matthew chapter 1 verse 1 to 2 and then verse 6 says, The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac and Isaac begat Jacob and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. Again, are you saying? So we see that in the book of the generation of the Lord Jesus, we have the names of men. If you keep reading Honestly, read through chapter 1, you will see that major all the people who contributed, who entered into that book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, they were men except for these five women whose name entered even the same genealogy. And now verse 6 says, And Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. You see, we were even told of a past marriage, the one who had been the wife of Urias. Now, let me leave that. Bathsheba, in a murdering role, contributed even into the earthly sojourn of Jesus, into the coming to heart of Jesus. Sometimes you read through the book of Proverbs, particularly chapter 31. You look, it is widely believed that the mother who was speaking to her son, who was a king, was Bathsheba. So we see here that Bathsheba played a role also, even in the life of Solomon. She contributed a motherhood to expand, to promote the plan and the purpose of God, even for her time. And again, if Bathsheba, a woman that was defied while still married, a woman who allowed adultery, even in a marriage, and you know, yes, you may say where well, she was forced into it, and the lives, whatever, and gave birth eventually to Solomon. If God could employ and engage such a woman in his plan, how much more you? God who found Bathsheba is still seeking for mothers, who will settle into him, whose life he will use to promote 
even his kingdom. God wants to make history again. God wants to set the record straight. God wants to write his story in our schools. God wants to write his stories on our sports ground. And God wants to use your son, wants to use your daughter as part of those who will be playing their part in the script that God has written even for this generation. Matthew 1, 6, we saw that the Bible says, Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon, of other being the wife of Urias. God doesn't hold our past against us. Don't let your past hold you down from raising a godly child. Don't say, well, I was never one. Nobody raised me to be a godly child, so how do I know how to raise a godly child? It is possible. I wasn't raised as a godly child too. So God has given help and raised help in our days. If Bathsheba was a mother who sat with her son in Proverbs 31 and said in verse 2, because from verse 1 actually it says the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. And it is widely believed that King Lemuel is Solomon. So if indeed King Lemuel was Solomon, and King Lemuel is saying that the mother taught him prophecy. Who was his mother? That's Bathsheba. No wonder her name entered into the genealogy of the Lord Jesus. She was a mother that had time even for her son. And you could see her speaking, What my son and what the son of my womb and what the son of my vows. That is it. If you are going to be a woman, who will contribute? Who will be in the script that God is written for mothers to come and be part of his history? To come and be part of those through whose motherhood he, God, will alter history again. Then you must be a mother that sees that son of your womb as a son of your vow. A son you must vow to the Lord to raise for him. You must deliberately sit down to instruct that child. Don't say, well, at the end, did Solomon not make wrong choices? That is not yours to say. Yours is to play your part and leave the outcome into God's hands. And it is my prayer that your motherhood will be found as a vehicle, as a pathway for our God, the King of glory, to enter into our world. You know, Psalm 24 from verse 1 tells us that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. And at some point, he began to say, lift up your heads, O ye gates. I'm saying that God is saying, lift up your heads, O ye mothers. See the plan of God. See the will of God. See the purpose of God. See the script that God is writing and that he wants to include your child, your son, even in the acting out of the script of this. And may you not disappoint God. May your motherhood be a vehicle that God can write through to rewrite history even in our time. Amen. This is Women in Revival podcast. Four days ago, we started a new series called Altering History Through Motherhood. We have been looking at the five women in Jesus' genealogy. And today, as we finish on the last, I pray that this series has touched you. 
and I pray that as you listen to the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus, you will also be touched and your life will change. Mary was an unsuspecting teenage girl who did nothing but bear the saviour of the whole world, God himself. Mary never preached, she never taught, she never discipled. All she did was bear Jesus. And yet, through that simple act, she changed the history of a whole world. Deborah Shinbi will now take us further on this subject. Father God, thank you so much for how you've led us, how you've, how you've helped us throughout this series. Thank you for today, the last day of this series, Altering History Through Motherhood. Thank you for motherhood. It is a privilege, it is an honor, and it is a high calling. Father, we praise you, we honor, I appreciate you. And I'm praying for as many mothers that are going through this series, Lord, that you will keep their hearts to see motherhood as a means to glorify God motherhood as a means to contribute even to your workforce even here on earth thank you father in jesus name amen so i want to welcome you back and to say thank you for joining us at the end of this series altering history through motherhood we have looked at the five women women of grace i'm calling them who found themselves in the midst of great men whose name entered into the genealogy of our Lord Jesus Christ. We've looked at Tamar, the mother of Perez, Rahab, the mother of Boaz, Ruth, the mother of Obed, and Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon. And today we'll be looking at the last woman. She's well known, we all know her, Mary of Galilee, Mary, the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ. She was the honored mother of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in case you've missed any episode, I want to encourage you to go back to our website www.okofrighteousness.co.uk and there you will definitely find a series you may have missed. And if you need to contact us, maybe you need help whatsoever regarding model, just feel free to give us a call or send us your message. Now, if you look at the story of Mary, for example, in Luke chapter 1, she had an encounter with the angel whom the angel Gabriel, whom God sent to her to tell her that she found favor with God. And can I say to you that indeed motherhood is favor with God. It's favor we found even in the presence, in the sight of God, to be allowed the privilege to carry another life within our own life. It is a privilege. I call pregnancy one of the mysteries of God. How a child grows in the womb of a woman is mysterious. So it is a favor. It is an honor. It is a privilege. So how the angel told her she found favor with God and how she will conceive a child in her womb and bring forth a son and the name she will call her and all of those. And also how Elizabeth spoke prophetically unto Mary when she came to Elizabeth's house. So let's look at it in Luke chapter 1, verse 42. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Are you saying? So Mary was found to be blessed amongst many women, and Mary's child was also blessed 
the fruit of her womb was blessed. Do you know that the five women that we are looking at in Matthew chapter 1, they were actually blessed amongst other women. Even in the midst of men, their name popped out. And now if you look at Mary's Magnificat also, in verse 48, it says, For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. Do you see? All generations shall call her blessed. True motherhood. Is that not amazing? God wants to bless our generation through our children. What is the essence of bring for, bringing forth children that are causing pain, that are causing heartache? In our world, in the neighborhood, like I used to as a young child, as a teenager, as a youth, I was more or less a pain in the neighborhood. And God wants to change the story. Hence the reason why God is speaking to you, that I want to walk through your motherhood. So now let's go to Matthew chapter 1 and meet Mary as one of those five women of grace in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. She is actually the last woman. She is the only woman again, even in the last 14 generations. So Matthew 1 verse 1 to 2, and then I'll read verse 18. It says, The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. Verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother, Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. So we are meeting Mary now as one of those five women. Prior to that, in verse 1 and 2, we saw that in the book of Regeneration of Jesus Christ, we had a list of men that went on and went on. And in between, we are finding one woman here, one woman there. And here is the last woman in that genealogy, Mary. She was just a teenager. Yet, God found her womb to be used of God. And I say that even as we are raising our children, for those of us who have daughters, we need to weave into their heart what motherhood is, even in the sight of God. So Mary was chosen of God to conceive Jesus, to give birth to Jesus. And you know what she said, generations to come shall call her blessed. Generations to come want to read your life history through what God wants to do through your children and call you blessed. Say, blessed is the mother that gave birth to this child. You know, there are things happening sometimes that you see how children are becoming menace in the society. And sometimes you are asking, who is their mother? Where is their mother? And do you know the same way? If a child does well, you know, like David when he slaughtered Goliath, that King Saul asked, who is his father? You know, people will begin to ask, who raised this child? And I'm praying that the Lord will help you to be a Mary who will be missionary, even in contributing your part as you raise your children, even in God's will, in God's plan. Mary had to keep so much, even in her heart. Many things the Lord spoke to her concerning Jesus. She was a woman who learned, who knew how to meditate on what God has spoken. She wasn't a loudspeaker. She was a woman of a meek and quiet spirit. And she was able to impart the art and the life of baby Jesus and was able to raise baby Jesus till Jesus was of age that he could fulfill the plan and the purpose of God for his life. 
These women were ordinary women like you and I. They lived here on planet Earth and God found their motherhood useful in the script that he was writing. And like I said, God is still writing a script. God has plans that he wants to carry out in my nation, in your nation, in this generation, and in generations to come if it tarries. And God wants to employ your motherhood even in his plan, in his purpose, and in his counsel. I'm praying that you will be very missionary, even in your motherhood. You will raise your children with focus and with purpose, and raising for the Lord, even recruiting for the Lord, tax men, um, men and women who will be part of God's tax force. If you have any question, or maybe you are going through this series and you are not even born again, let me tell you this, for God to make use of your motherhood, you must be one of his daughters. And this is an opportunity for you to give your life to the Lord Jesus. We saw Ruth, who was an idolater. And we saw, who was an idolater? We saw Tamar, a woman of terrible past. We saw Rahab, who was a prostitute. But the moment she, these women gave their life to the Lord, God made use of their life and used their motherhood. This is an opportunity for you also to yoke yourself with the Lord Jesus, to give your heart even to the Lord Jesus. And he will begin to write his story with your motherhood. Do you want to bow your head even as we pray? Maybe you want to give your life to the Lord Jesus. You just want to tell Jesus to forgive you of your past, to come into your heart that you believe in his death, even on Calvary's tree. If you have prayed the prayer of salvation, if you have asked Jesus into your heart, do give us a call. Do send us a message so that we can follow up with you, so that we can show you what it means to be part of the family of God. Heavenly Father, thank you for those who are responding to your call to be born again and praying that you will bring them indeed even into the kingdom of your dear son and lord jesus that from henceforth their motherhood will begin to glorify and to bring you honor oh thank you for that woman who may be raising a child with one disability here or disability there help that mother to see beyond the child's disability maybe there is a mother going through this series and say my own child is more or less a pain or oh, open the eyes of that mother to see what you want to do even through that child if only she hand over that child to you and allow you to take your rightful place please lord begin to give us your vision for motherhood and the role that motherhood wants to play in this end time thank you lord jesus as you make us women who will indeed alter history through our motherhood. Thank you that our motherhood will not be pain to you. Our motherhood will not be sorrow with fear to you. We will not bring forth for trouble. Rather, our motherhood will be an implement to further the cause of the gospel. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.